Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. And I'm so glad that you are joining us for this episode. I've got a special treat today. I've got my team here at Rising Above, and we are going to have a conversation about peace in the chaos. Now, I have the most amazing staff on the face of the earth. Uh, they each one come in every day with their A-game, do a great job, and they love special needs families so well. And I'm so grateful for each of them. And before I introduce them, I'm going to start with Deanna, because Deanna, you are the one on our team who does all our social media, all our marketing. You will be the one editing this podcast <laughs> when we're done. But we're really trying to grow our audience right now. And we want more people to find out about our podcast. So what is the best way that people can do that for us? Because that's part of what your role is here at Rising Above. So share how people can help us spread the word about this podcast. Yes. Well, if you are a frequent listener and someone who enjoys the podcast, I would definitely say share it via word of mouth. Share it with other special needs families that you know that might benefit from the encouragement that is shared each week from families from around the world. Um, that's one way. Another way is to rate or review the podcast. Both would be even better. We'd love to just hear from you feedback um, and hear if it has been an encouragement to you. That encourages our team and it also allows our podcast to be found by more people. Yes. And, and our heart, as I've shared before on the podcast, we, you know, I know as a special needs mom, when I hear from other families and I hear that, you know, some of the things that are similar to what my life is like, or maybe even different, but like there's similarities because we're special needs families. And when I, it's just a great reminder that I'm not alone on this journey, that there are other parents out there who walk the same walk. And, and then I love hearing how God has led them and helped them hearing their story of faith throughout the journey. And so that's another important piece of what we do. And so we would love for you to help help us by spreading the word about the podcast. And if you, you know, we're booking guests for 2022. And if you know of a special needs parent, that would be a great interview for us to do. If you would let us know, I think Deanna, we have a form even available that they can fill out. Where can they find that? Yes, um, we will be posting that on Facebook so you could find it there uh, and and definitely fill out that questionnaire there. It's a very short questionnaire, but would give us some information to follow up with the great podcast guests. Yeah, and then we will look at that and determine if it's a good fit and, and go from there. And can we include that link in the show notes for this episode sure. so they can find that too? So, so you can look in the show notes and find that link. If you know of a special need parent that has an inspiring story that would be an encouragement to our listeners. We would love to know who that might be. So be sure to share that. Well, like I said, I've got my team with me here at Rising Above and you got to hear from Deanna a little bit, Deanna Hammond and Deanna handles all our social media. Like I said, marketing edits the podcast and such an important piece of what we do here at Rising Above. Anything you see on social media, that is Deanna. It is definitely not me. That is not my, uh, that's not my strong suit. So I'm so thankful that Deanna is here and takes care of that. We also have Carissa Mackey and Carissa is our newest team member. You've been with us, what, about three months, two months? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been about three months. Three months. Yeah. And she is our 
newest team member and is doing a great job with, you may get a weekly email from her. She sends out an email every week uh, that just shares what's going on in the ministry. So tell a little bit about that email, Carissa, and what's in that and, and how people can get connected through those, those uh, things you that we share there. Yeah, so our weekly newsletter, we send out um, encouragement, community, um, how to kind of get engaged in some things that we have going on. Uh, we share about our community groups. We share about our podcast. Uh, you know, we share about stuff that's on social media, ways to just get engaged. And um, also some signups, because we love for when people, they come on our community groups and sign up there. So that's always on there. And, you know, our prayer wall, we're just showing all kinds of things. And then we also have where you can download our app and that's going to be the place to really get um, everything that we offer. That's our main hub right there. So that's always on there. Great. Thank you so much. And last, but certainly not least is Kim Thorpe and Kim, you have been on out of everyone else that's here, other than me, have been on staff the longest. Wow. You handle, you know, will you tell what you handle? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what I say no you handle knows. and what you say you handle. <laughs> I want to hear what you say you handle. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I handle all the things that Carissa, Deanna, and Becky don't handle. <laughs> so True. Uh, my main and then well, some. my main responsibility is um, the website. Uh, I keep the website up to date. I make I built the app and kind of maintain the app. Um, and then I also do like any kind of event registration. I do all that. I do the day to day kind of like keeping the office running. I do that. Um, I don't know. I kind of do whatever, whatever needs to be done. That is true. That is true. And you are an amazing um, team member and friend. And, you know, I just wanted to, you know, we've been in this series talking about peace and the chaos. And so I've been having different conversations with different people, hearing their perspective on how they have peace in the chaos of their life. And I thought it would be interesting to, for our team to have a conversation about this, because we actually have been talking a lot about this in our office as this series has been going on and just sharing ways that um, we choose to, and I think it really is a choice, choose to have peace in the chaos of our crazy, busy lives. And what I find so interesting is we, you know, we all, each one of us has a different personality. Now, Carissa and Deanna and I are probably wired more alike than Kim. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and I would say that the three of us probably deal with anxiety, maybe a little more than Kim does in a different way, maybe mm -hmm. than Kim does, but we have had really great conversations about what we're doing right now to try to keep our peace. And so I thought what, you know, this would be a super Converse, great conversation to share from different perspectives. So Kim, share about who's in your family, like what your family unit looks like. And then what are some of the things in your world that cause you to be stressed out, cause you maybe to struggle with anxiety or 
to maybe not be so peaceful? What does that look like in your world? Um, well, I'm married to Jimmy and then I have two kids, a boy and a girl, uh, not a uh, wait, 10 and six now, 10 years old and six. Um, and I think the things that create stress and anxiety in our lives and in mine in particular is, um, I would say disagreements or arguments or like things mm. where, um, if you have somebody really close to you that maybe has a super different opinion about any subject. And so I think in the last couple of years, it's been difficult, um, navigating, um, kind of just our culture because things can be so divisive, you know, Satan uses, um, a lot of things to be divisive. And so I think that has added some stress in our life. And then, um, anytime my daughter specifically, anytime she gets sick, um, that adds some stress, but that's a, that's like particular, um, to her, um, the, the other people in my family, it doesn't really stress me out for them to get sick as Ruthie was born, um, with some, she was born medically fragile. And so, uh, anytime she gets sick, I get a little nervous. She has since, um, mm -hmm. she has now since, uh, built up her immunity and she is no longer medically fragile. I don't think she's considered medically fragile anymore, but we do always kind of keep an eye out for, you know, her lungs, her things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to mm -hmm. be careful. And, and I know just because medical things for me are such mm -hmm. a trigger for anxiety. Um, I, I totally get that aspect of things that when, you know, when something's coming around or they start acting like they're, they're not feeling well. And it's like that. I don't know about you. But I get like a, just this, yeah. like a, in my, yeah. in my gut, just this an anxious feeling in my gut. Um, and like, even this last time when John Alex was sick, was sick, he would cough and I would have that anxious feeling come upon me. Do you experience that as well? I do. I do. Um, as she has gotten older, it has gotten, um, a little easier, um, just because we have a little more space between, um, you know, when she was so sick, um, and now, and then also, I'm just going to be real honest. I've done a lot of work with my counselor and um, it, it, you, I had legitimate like PTSD, like from, mm -hmm. from some medical trauma in my um, earlier days being a mom. And so um, my counselor and I did a lot of work with that. And I kind of had some tools that she gave me that has really been uh, really helpful in kind of, yeah recognizing what is anxiety, like, and what is just mm -hmm. normal, like worry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to come, I want to circle back to that here in mm -hmm. a minute and talk more about that. Um, because I think that's something that so many parents deal with. And so mm -hmm. we'll, we will circle back to that okay. in just a minute for sure. But Carissa, what about you? So you've got two boys I do. and a husband. And yes. so what are some of the things in your world that cause you to be stressful, cause you to be anxious when you look at day-to-day -day life? Well, I have went to counseling a lot and I have found out that I really create my own anxiety <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Um, I understand my that. head. I, yeah, my head 
my mind is almost like a fearful place for me because I definitely have what they call health anxiety. When I was in first grade, um, I watched my dad almost die of cancer in a hospital room in Vanderbilt. And ever since then, that has triggered a lot of health anxiety for me. And then I have anxiety because of things in the past for my mom and it's just carried into adulthood. So then it comes into play with my husband and my children, but yeah, any, anything with my children, if they're not feeling good, even if they get a sore throat, my mind goes to the worst possible place that I'm thinking the worst thing's going to happen. I do the same with myself and with my husband. That's really, I mean, I'll do it some with my dad, but it's really just immediate family that I have the worst anxiety with. And I've had to do a lot of counseling and meditation on how to handle that and how to be at peace with the thoughts that come into my mind because my thoughts sometimes, I don't know, I get scared being in my head, almost like I can't trust myself in mm-hmm. my yeah. decisions that I make. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Deanna? You know, you've got two sets of twins. Yeah. Not just one set of twins, two sets of twins. And so how, how does that manifest in your life? Uh, I definitely resonate with the health concerns, which I hadn't even learned that about Carissa. So we've got like some camaraderie in the office over that. Um, But I definitely, I definitely relate to that. I can go to those places. Um, Lately, I feel like my stress has been from just things that are out of my control. My personality likes to be in control and the things that I can't control, which if my house just gets turned upside down, which happens pretty frequently, if the laundry gets behind, those kinds of things can just pile on me uh, and I can feel pretty, pretty out of control. Um, My friend shared this verse with me, not this verse, it's actually a song lyric and um, she and I struggle with some of those same things. We want safety for our immediate family. We want health for our immediate family. We, we kind of take control of that and we have to constantly be reminded to let go of that control, but it's from a 10th Avenue North song. And it says, but when safety is my idol, it's impossible rest. And I thought, wow, that is so true. You know, safety, I can cling on to that. The safety of people that I love so much that I'm not truly trusting God to take care of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, Say that so. again, Deanna. When safety, when is- safety is my idol, it's impossible to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's impossible to trust. Yeah. Yeah. That is just mm-hmm. so true, you know, and if we, if we put those things above our faith in God's ability and desire to protect yeah. us, to provide for us, um, everything can get really disoriented. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, you, Ladies, something, because this is something that came to me actually this week. You know, I, I, I used to feel like, okay, is it that I don't trust God or is it really that I don't trust myself that I'm going to make the right decisions? Because if I look at, I mean, I really do deep down in my heart, trust that God, his plans for me and my family are good. That what, um, that, that he is a good God, that he has good things for us. And I really am working through, is it that I don't trust God or is it, I don't trust myself to make the best decisions? 
Hmm. Have you thought about that for you? I think it's that you don't trust yourself or for me, I think it is because when I, when I get nervous, when I get anxious, I go to prayer and I know, I know that God is good. And I know that his word calls us to not be anxious, to not be fearful, but it's like my human nature takes over and my mind is racing and these thoughts are like Satan's coming in and he's bringing all of these thoughts. But I know, I know in my heart that God tells us to, you know, bring it all before him and lay it down before him and to not worry. So I think it's that we don't trust ourselves <laughs> or for me. I have a quick yeah. question. So do all of you feel like, um, what some of the stress that is caused or anxiety is you're going to make a wrong decision? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Not for me so much. Okay. Uh, I don't know, just to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I, <laughs> you want to be the different one. No. Yeah, no, it is for me. Go ahead, Deanna. The things that I worry about are things that I can't control. So the things like my control, I can control so many things, but it's this, and I, and I trust myself to do that, even though I shouldn't, but I trust myself self to control the things that are in front of me and the things that I can, but it's the things that are outside of my control that, that do cause my anxiety. Okay. I actually would say both of those <laughs> for me. All of it. Just all of it. If I'm being real. What about I, you, Kim? I am. That's what I was just, I was just wrestling with. I most here, I think, and I think I know the difference why I don't anyway. Uh, so I don't feel that way. I feel like if I do make a bad decision or a wrong decision, I trust my gut enough like that I'm if I make a wrong or a bad decision it's not going to be so wrong that I can't fix it you know mm -hmm. like I, I trust my gut enough to know that and and I trust I guess I trust God the Holy Spirit working in me that if if there's a decision that I make if it's not God's best decision then I trust that he'll lead me through whatever I've decided you know so mm -hmm. I, I yeah and and that's just the difference in how we're wired. I also don't mm -hmm. really like as, as far as making decisions, I don't do a lot of thinking. I just do a lot of doing like, I don't, <laughs> that is true. How many times have I come yeah. to you and said, Kim, what are you thinking? And you'll say nothing. nothing. That's a, that's a pretty outfit. Like that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, um, yeah, but, but as far as like being afraid to make a wrong decision, I'm, I, I feel like. I don't, um, I'm not afraid to make a wrong decision. I feel like if I do make a wrong decision that I, it can be fixed. But I think the reason you might get afraid is because the stakes are much higher in some of the decisions that you're making, you know, like, especially yeah. when it comes to John Alex's care, like, because you're unsure mm -hmm. of what, like, for example, what uh, you know, drug interactions may happen that might cause a seizure or that might do this. And so the stakes right. of your decisions, like on a daily basis are a bit higher than, than mine. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that might yeah. be, that's the difference is. Yeah. And that would play in with a lot of our listeners. It would, absolutely. You know, who, who have medically fragile kids mm -hmm. or kids who are, you know, have different along those, making those hard dis medical decisions. Yes. Um, you feel such yeah. pressure. Yeah. Someone's life is like, literally you feel, I mean, I felt, especially when I was caring for Jeff, like 
their life is in my hands. And if I do something wrong, they could die. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So you just are like, oh, so my I guess goodness. the question is, how do we keep our peace when these stakes are so high? Like who, mm-hmm. who are we leaning into? Because I think I could lean into yeah. a lot of different things and I might be okay with the peace that I have. But if you're in a high stress, high stake situation, which most of our listeners are, um, in, in a, in a long-term, you know, setting long-term period, um, there's really only one source of peace that can handle that kind of, Absolutely. um, mm-hmm. prolonged anxiety. So Kim, you say, you know, there's only one source of peace and what is that source? It's the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is the only source of peace that you're ever going to find that will sustain you. That will keep you, um, you know, in a, in a place where, uh, your mind can be, um, at peace. So Kim, you know, you're talking about the source being the Holy Spirit, being God, Jesus living in our lives. And I will tell you, I have really struggled my whole life with anxiety Um, just because of things that happened to me in my childhood, the trauma of being a special needs mom, also all the medical things that went on with Jeff before his death, and then dealing with, with grief and loss. And I always have felt so guilty because it's like, I know you know, I'm a Christ follower and the Bible tells me I shouldn't be anxious. And, and I know all the verses and I know all the things to do. And yet so often the fear still comes in, the anxiety still comes in. And so, you know, I, you, you had mentioned earlier, both Kim and Carissa about counseling and going to counseling. And, uh, I finally, this just a couple of months ago, I had a moment where the anxiety was so intense. I was like, I can't keep doing this. And so I've started going to see a Christian counselor and working through all of those things. She, she let me know, you know, she's like, uh, you have complex PTSD from all the trauma that you've been through. And so I am just, I am just in the very early stages of processing through all of that and trying to get help. It's actually Kim's same counselor that you went to Mm -hmm. see. And so, um, you know, I haven't gotten yet to where you are about the techniques and the things that that we're going through right now. It's still just unpacking the story, you know, but, you know, I think so often people look and they're like, oh, I can handle this by myself or I should, you know, I can, I can take care of this myself. And I think what, where the place that I came to is that when I am allowing, when I'm, when I'm not dealing with my stuff, it is impacting everybody around me. It's impacting me. So then it impacts John Alex. Then it impacts John Alex's caregiver. Then it impacts you guys and my family. And actually the best thing I can do for myself and everybody else is to go talk to somebody that's a professional that can help me process through. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in going to get the help. So I'm just on the very early side of it. But both of you, Carissa, you've done counseling for a long time. Um, and so talk about how it's impacted you. Um, I've went to counseling since I was 14. I just turned 29 to give a visual. Um, he's the young one on the team. I am my grandmother who helped raise me. My dad was a single dad. My mom left when I was two 
she was actually the one that said, Hey, we need to go to, you need to go to counseling. And I was so resistant. I did not want to go. I was so angry. I remember going in the first time and I was just so mad to be there. Cause I'm like, I don't need help. You know, I'm fine. My anger issues said otherwise. And I started going and I started to let my guard down and it has been the best thing that I've ever done. I still see the same therapist that I saw when I was 14. I'm at the spot now where I just go see him when, like, I know, I just know when I get to that point and I'm like, Hey, Dennis, Chris, I need to come in. And he knows. Um, but it's been, it's been wonderful. I tell everyone, I'm like, Hey, have you been to therapy? You need to go to therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's been great. It's, it's been wonderful for me. Yeah. Kim, what about you? Um, I did not, uh, recognize what was happening to me as anxiety. I, I didn't know what it was. I just knew, um, I actually, I had a panic attack that I did not know what a panic attack was. And, um, it was my husband that suggested, Hey, have you ever thought about going to counseling? And I said for myself, no, never thought about that. I never would have shamed anyone else for going to counseling, but for me, um, it was the fear of vulnerability. Um, I was mm. having to talk to someone who I, I kind of knew, like I knew her, like before we started, um, before she was my counselor. Um, but just to like, let someone into that space was very scary mm -hmm. for me. Like, I don't, I, yeah. I was like, I think I'm okay. Like, I don't, I can, this, this is okay. And then when I had, I had like a serious panic attack where I thought, um, I mean, it's scary. I mean, I really thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. And so I, Jimmy, my husband was like, yeah, okay. I think it's time we, you know, make a phone call because honestly, if, if my physical body was sick, like if I had a broken mm -hmm. arm or if I had, um, like I had back surgery, not long, uh, maybe five years ago, I had back surgery. I mean, I had that checked out. I had, you know, I had that fixed. I, I mean, I, I really felt like there was something in me that was kind of just like, I just needed help kind of healing a part of my body. And, and so I went, um, went in to see my counselor and she, you know, told me exactly what was going on. I was like, Oh yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. And she described now I, I am a little, um, it's, I'm, I have a harder time with words, like putting words to my emotions, putting words to how I'm feeling. And so one of the big tools, um, great tools that she gave me was, it was like, she gave me a list of things. Like, these are some things like which one, which of these emotions feels most like what you're feeling, you know? And, and I was able to kind of point to one and be like, that's how I feel. Yeah. And so that was, that was really helpful just to have somebody that was objective in my life that could say, mm -hmm. no, this is not healthy. This is healthy. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard. Like you talk about the, the vulnerability and my session on Tuesday of this week, I walked away just going, well, that kind of mm -hmm. hurt, you know, in a good way, but she's calling me out on things and calling me out on my, you know, I, I have been being, and this is a, a thing that I think so many special needs parents deal with and you guys as well, who are not special needs parents, but 
about the that control piece, Deanna, kind of like what we were talking about before, you know, I want to be so in control that I'm not allowing people into my circle because I feel like, well, there's several reasons because I feel like I don't want to be an imposition to anyone. I feel like I don't want to bother anyone. And I feel like I need to do it myself. It's kind of this martyr complex. No, I've got to handle this myself. And she was pointing those things out to me going, you've got to let people in because what if something happened to you? What if something happens to you, Becky, then what, what are you gonna do? And Kim, you offered to come in. You were like, I'll come in and spend the night. Another friend, I'll come in and spend the night when John Alex was so sick and my pride and my not wanting to bother you. I mean, there were so many, you know, excuses Mm -hmm for why, but she really challenged me on that. And so having someone that's not, now that would be harder for a family member or for a friend to call that out. But someone, like you said, who is kind of on the outside looking in can point those things out. And so I've, as, as, as hard as it is to hear those things, it's really helpful. So now I'm formulating a plan of, okay, this is what I've got to do. And I see it. We can't see things in ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so being vulnerable and being, being real, uh, with people, especially, you know, a close, close friend or a counselor, you know, there, I just, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in having, in needing to go t- have someone to talk these things with who is a professional and who can point things out. So I think the three, those of us who've done that would say, go, you know, don't, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't, don't let, uh, the thought of, um, talking with someone, uh, bring shame because there's, it's, it's the exact opposite. It brings mm-hmm. freedom. It and, you know, so when you're looking, you know, like I said, we've had lots of conversations in the office about things that we're doing because it's very interesting. I think we're all kind of doing some things that are similar, which we, I don't think we really realized it until we had a conversation mm-hmm. yesterday about some of the things that we're doing to be kind to ourselves, Mm -hmm. to keep that peace. Because right now the world is not Mm -hmm. kind. Right now the world is bombarding us with all the chaos, all of the the negative, all of the hard things. And, you know, I, I shared in our video that goes along with our Peace in the Chaos series a couple of weeks ago that I'm reading a book by John Eldridge and he's talking about like when our grandparents were alive or your grand great grandparents were were alive, they didn't have instant access to all the the news and all of the things that are going on around the world. So we have right in the palm of our hand, we can see all of the trauma from all around the world. So we're getting constant trauma, trauma, trauma coming as we're not designed for that. We're not supposed to do that. So I found it really interesting that all of us are kind of doing, having some practices that we put in place. We hadn't really talked about it until yesterday, but to help guard us and to be actually kind to ourselves, which then it helps us to be kind to others. So share some of the things that you're doing in your own personal life to kind of keep your peace and to stay focused on the truth of God's word. Well, one way that our family is kind of withdrawing from, I like to call it the ways of the world, is we have implemented a technology table and it's in mine and my husband's room. So as soon as you come in, we 
if the boys' tablets are somewhere in the house, they go, they find them, they put them on the technology table. I take my watch off. I take my phone, put it there. My husband puts his phone there. And for the rest of the night, up until what we call wind down time, which is after their shower, about 45 minutes before they go to bed, we have no technology. Um, and then when technology time comes, if they don't want to do it, then we're reading chapter books or we're reading books or we're playing, we're just continuing on. But I try so many times to withdraw from social media. And right now I'm in a season where I haven't, but I'm feeling like I should. But I will say that when I do, my anxiety for the first few days actually gets worse because it's like my body mm. is withdrawing, I guess, which is mm -hmm. kind of scary to think about. I mean, mm -hmm. that you've gotten that much into the things of the world that your body is eager to have it. Mm -hmm. So we're just, we're trying to step away with, with our technology table and just giving more time to each other because I mean, my children are growing up so quickly and I feel like I'm missing out when I'm sitting there on my phone and I look over and they're playing or they're doing something else. And so I need to, I need to be respectful of the time that God gives me with my family. So that's where I love we're that. at. I actually, uh, you know, you shared that yesterday with us here in the office. And so last night when I got home, it was like, I put my phone up. Yeah. I'm like, this is my time with John Alex. I'm not, I don't care you know, and I put it up so that I'll just, I didn't want it near me. I didn't want to be distracted because it's so easy. If it's right there, right by you, you know, the phone now, it's not just your phone. In fact, probably we, that's the least thing we use that device for is an actual phone. You know, it's more email and surfing the web and looking at apps and things like that, your phone, your watch, you know, and so but I did that last night and it was, it was great. It was like, yeah. John Alex and I sat there together and I read a book and we just, it was, it was great. And so I learned that from you yesterday and great. we implemented that at our house last night. So <laughs> I felt convicted just to be consistent with my kids. If I'm telling them like technology isn't good for you, let's disconnect. You know, if, if I'm still connected to my phone and I think it's important in front of them, then what am I modeling for them? Mm -hmm. And how am I setting them up for success as adults too? just to be, to know what it's like to be without any kind of device. So I would think though, with like with John Alex, he is not going to ask for a phone or, or a tablet. That's not going to be a draw for him. He watches his videos sometimes. How do you manage that? You know, kids, it's so often used, you know, I don't want to say as a babysitter, but it's often used to help entertain your child. So when you're busy doing other things, what do you do about that? Because that's not something that I encounter in my home. Rissa, you've put into practice in your home, your technology table, things are going to go up. How do you manage that when your kids are asking and, and, you know, they're wanting to be on their device? What do you do? Because that's not something I have to deal with. 
I feel like that's been definitely a struggle for us, you know, them asking, but it seems like the less and less that we give into that, the more and more they're creative, they play, they do things together as siblings. And it's really just kind of neat to me, as Carissa was saying, the first few days are pretty tough when you try to take that away, even for them, but they become just productive little creators, Mm. you know, they're like thinking outside the box. And that's been really great, I think, for my kids to do. And something I've noticed in my own life is I also, we can say all, all day long that we don't have very much time and we are just drowning in all the things that we have to do, but we're giving so much time to these time wasting apps. And we don't realize how much of that time If we have it back, what we could actually do is get on top of our laundry, on top of organization and feel like we have time to spend with in God's word as well, which is ultimately where our peace comes from. Yeah. Kim, what about you? Um, I think we're in the middle of trying to figure that out, like how to, um, how to put, uh, boundaries, um, you know, healthy boundaries up for technology. That's been, that, that's been kind of something we're learning. Uh, we try, you know, we've tried different things. I think, um, for us, the, like getting away from technology happens at days at a time with, um, our camping, we've started camping lately Mm. and, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of go somewhere where there is no service and there's no, you know, there's no Wi-Fi thing to do but be creative and go outside and play and do things like that. And so ours has come lately more in that, in that way. And, um, but yeah, we're still kind of figuring out this technology table is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Carissa. So what are some other things that you do to help bring peace into your life in the midst of the chaos? Yeah. Uh, One thing that I've been doing lately is uh, memorizing scripture. And so that once, mm, once I feel that feeling of like, oh, I'm getting out of control or I'm losing it. Like I can remind myself of, um, of God's word and those truths that, that God tells us every day. And, um, mm-hmm. if I'm also convicted more lately, um, I'm doing a Bible study with our church and, uh, they, the more I do that Bible study, I'm like, man, I really don't have a lot of scripture in my brain. I need to, you know, commit that to mm. memory. Cause if it's something I value, it's going to be something I study. And so I'm going to, uh, that's what I've been convicted of lately. And so that's one way that I've been able to kind of remind myself of the peace that comes from, comes from God. You know, I remember one time kind of being in a, a health tailspin of just thinking, oh my goodness, all these things. And now this is wrong. And I remember my husband calling to mind times where it wasn't what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And he just started naming off, Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? And at the time I'm kind of, I was like, "Ah, you know, don't tell me that that's not what I want to hear right now. But it reminded me of in the Bible where um, when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, they set up stones of remembrance. Mm -hmm. And when they put those stones there, it was to help them remember God's faithfulness. And so it reminded me that I need to take time, even in my quiet time, in my time with the Lord, to recall Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness so that I can remember that when I face the next storm, I can look back and say, God was faithful to me here and he will do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. 
what else do you do, Carissa? Scripture is a huge way for me when I start to feel anxious. There's, you know, some verses that I'll go to that will help calm my anxiety. And I, I, songs, worship, worship is one way for me that, I mean, it moves mountains within me. It, it, it really mm-hmm. does. That, that's probably my biggest way. I'm constantly in our car, listening to worship music on my computer, on my AirPods, in the house, we have our Bluetooth when, when we're just in the house together, there's worship music going. And that's a way for me that I really, I draw close Mm -hmm. to God and it really helps my anxiety. So do you have a go-to verse, Carissa? I do. What's your verse that you go to? It's like when the anxiety is hitting, what's your one that you can call to mind? Mine is always Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which I actually did a Wednesday wake up on. It was my first one ever, but it just talks about um, trusting in the Lord and not depending on your own understanding, which someone that struggles with control, someone that struggles with anxiety and not trusting your mind, you do need to pull close to God and trust in him Mm -hmm. and know that no matter what you're going through, And you're saying, what if, what if, what if you need to say, even if, even if this happens, God has me and he has a plan and I'm going to trust in him. Yeah. So that, that's always my verse. Yeah. Deanna, do you have a go-to verse? I do. Um, It's do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this verse seven, I feel like is not always there when people quote that verse, it's Philippians four, six. And then I really like verse seven. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus. And that second part, I think is so important to include, you know, to remember that his peace follows Mm -hmm. um, when we are willing to be vulnerable and present our requests Mm -hmm. before the Lord. Yeah. And I love that verse, those verses so much, because that those are go-to ones for me as well, because it breaks it down exactly what to do. You know, it breaks it down. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. And then you, you know, with prayer, petition, Thanksgiving, make your requests known. And then when you do that, then that peace is going to flow out of that. I like things to be concrete. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And so to me, that's a great, great example of how we can actually in our mind to do this. Kim, what's your go-to? My go-to verse is James 4. James 4, 8 says that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And so in that moment, I realize, okay, this is a moment where I am intentionally calling out to the Lord. I am intentionally drawing near to you and your word says, and you have made a promise that if I draw near to you, you will be near to me. And so that is, um, that's kind of where I go. Mm -hmm. That's good. Are there songs for you that like when you're in that moment, like sometimes I get to where it's like, I can't even, like, I can't even call the verse to mind because I'm so stressed out. But like you said, Carissa, the playing the music, it's like, I don't even have to think it's doing it for me, you know, and it's entering my mind. So do you have a song that maybe just really speaks to you in those moments when you're feeling anxious? I do. Um, it's Peace Be Still by Lauren Daigle. I remember the first time that I heard it, I was at the She Is conference and I was struggling with such anxiety that night. Like I 
we were in the front row. It's almost like I couldn't be there. I literally felt like just running out. My anxiety was so bad. And that song came on. It was my first time. And like, I just remember dropping to the ground and that song, that song ever since has been my go-to and it grounds me every time. I really like one that I also shared on Wednesday, wake up. Um, but it's Christ, the sure and steady anchor by Matt Boswell. And, um, one of the lyrics that I really like says Christ, the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn in the suffering and the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. Um, and so Christ um, being our hope, um, we can hold on to him because we know he's unchanging and we know that he's going to be there for us. Even when times are difficult, even when times are everything around us is unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Kim, you got one. I repeat the blessing. Do you know the song by Carrie Joe mm. that, um, she's yeah. just reading script, like she's just reading scripture and it's the blessing, um, found in number six mm -hmm. where, um, it's a, it's a blessing that Moses speaks over Israel and, uh, it, it's just, it's been something that, um, mentors in my life, uh, previously had spoken over me. And so it's almost like it's recalling those people who, who mm -hmm. cheered for me and who, yeah. you know, fought for me and prayed for me. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's probably the, the go-to for me. Yeah. And there's just so many out there. And actually, if you take part in our peace in the chaos series mm -hmm. every day, throughout the series, there's a different song that goes along with that session. And like, you know, I've shared before, I've created a playlist so that I have all those songs right there, my peace in the chaos playlist. And so I can pull those up, listen to those songs and just be reminded of the truth. I think so often we, I mean, I've said this before. I said, I get so sick of being up in my head, like overthinking everything and it's exhausting. I could, it sounds you know, exhausting. You know, trying to, it, is it is exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. And, you know, that's why we have to have people in our life mm -hmm. who will speak truth. You know, we, we talk at Rising Above all the time about the importance of community. And we get it that it's hard for our special needs families. It just is. We, we know that. But having those people in your life, even if it's through one of the rising above community groups, having those people in your life that when you are struggling can speak truth to you is critical. Now I know, you know, each one of you are married, you have a spouse in your home that can kind of speak life to you, speak truth to me. I had that with Jeff. I could wake him up in the middle of the night and go to him and go, Jeff, I am really struggling with this. And he didn't get mad at for me, you know, for waking him up and he would stop and he would pray and then I could go back to sleep. And so, you know, that's a big piece of my life that was taken away when he died. And so, but God was so gracious to send people into my life who can speak truth. And, you know, Kim, you and I are friends outside of mm -hmm. the office. I mean, we, I am with everyone, but you and I are in a group together. Mm -hmm. Our, our girls group that we're together that that we can do that with each other and and I remember you, we have a thing I can come to you and go hey Kim this is what I'm thinking is this true or not true yeah. and and you can you can go nope yeah yeah that's not true or yep 
That's uh, true. We have found, my husband and I have found that that's, that's really important um, to find somebody in your life. It could be a spouse. It could be uh, a best friend. It could be, but you guys, we have so many things going on on our heads. You can't be trusted. Like it, you can't be trusted with all of that. Like there's no way everything you think is true. You know, like they're like, I'm the worst cook in the world. Well, you know, that's not true. That's not true. That's, that's impossible. <laughs> there are worse. Like, or that's I'm true. such a bad mom. Like that's a thought I've had before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jimmy, this mm-hmm. is how I'm feeling. Is this true or not true? And he's like, that's not true. Yeah. Like, that's not true. And so just being able to sift through some of those thoughts um, is super helpful. And, and we've done that. You have come to me a lot and said, you know, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Is this true or not true? And if it is true, I'll tell you I'm like, yeah, well, you know, maybe there's a, there's some truth to that, but yeah. you know, yeah, uh, God can do so many things through other people when you allow yourself to be open to community mm-hmm. and, and it is intentional. Mm-hmm. Like you can withdraw and you can, be an island. You can do things by yourself, but you're going to do them without joy and without peace. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a hard road when, when God designed us, he designed us for community, you know, and, yeah. and being intentional and, is important. Yeah. And, and what I love Kim is that when you have that relationship with mm-hmm. someone, so like you have, and when I want to use the word called me out, it's been in love. You've, you've just kind of said, Hey, have you ever thought about mm-hmm. such and such? And even like with counseling, yeah. you know, have you ever thought about going? And it, it wasn't anything like, gosh, Becky, you really need to go get counseling. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? It wasn't like, it was done in such love and just like, you know, Hey, have you ever thought mm-hmm. about this? And that's how we have to approach people. It's not in judgment. It's not in condemnation. Mm-hmm. It's in mm-hmm. love. And so when somebody comes to me in love, then I'm going to, I'm going to be much more readily, you know, ready to receive what they have to say. And you really do have a gift at that. And I'm grateful that you can speak into my life. I'm grateful for you. That's why it's important that we, we kind of are selective about the people that we choose to put in those positions Mm, because we can be hurt or wounded by somebody not coming in love or Mm -hmm. somebody saying things in the wrong way. And so it's important to have people who think about things in the same, from the same perspective that we do from, Mm -hmm. you know, giving us truth from God's word and, um, and in love is pretty important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's, what I find interesting is once you start kind of paying attention to your thoughts. Like I've really been intentional about paying attention to what I'm thinking. Then you catch yourself and you go, wait a minute, that's not right. So example, I bought something recently from Amazon. I ordered the wrong thing. It's no big deal. But, but I said to myself, I, this is no joke in my head. I said, well, that's what you get. And I, I immediately stopped and I said, what, where's that coming from? That is not true. But that was my, that was what I thought. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. No, that is not right. And so I think once you kind of get into this habit of like really paying attention to your thoughts, if you're in the word, if you're meditating on the word of God, then when those thoughts come, you go, wait a minute, that's not right. And so even if you don't have that person right there in your life, speaking to you, God speaking to you. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Because you're so tied in with him that you're hearing his voice. And that's the big thing we've been talking about here at the office too, is, Mm -hmm. you know, his sheep hear his voice. And that's one of the things I am really um, pressing in on is I want to hear the voice of God. I want to know, you know, that obviously was not the voice of God condemning me like that. That was, you know, just so silly, but I caught it and I was able to go, no, that is not true. And so do you find that true for you all that you're finding it? The more, the more we, what I found interesting was that we kind of were talking yesterday and it's like Kim and I, especially we've really detached, like since this past weekend, I've been off the news. I've been off, you know, YouTube, I've been off anything that is, that is going to threaten to take my peace. I just, right now I'm in a season where I've got to just, I want to focus in on God and his truth, where I really want to be able to hear his voice. I don't want to hear the voice of the world. I want to hear his voice. And so Kim, you've kind of been on that mm-hmm. same journey as well. What impact are you seeing in your life? Um, I'm seeing that I can recognize um, things that aren't true quickly. Like I'm recognizing mm-hmm. that, oh, whoa, that doesn't feel right. You know, and it's not necessarily that I audibly hear the voice of God, um, but I do have a sense in my spirit. Like I have like a, Ooh, I don't know about that, you know, or like a, mm-hmm. that doesn't sit well. And, and I'm just learning to trust that, like, that's the Holy spirit moving in me and in the people around me. Like that's, um, that's what that is. And so I'm just paying more attention to that. And I hear that a lot louder now um, without all of the, mm-hmm. you know, chaos yeah 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 I found out I'm actually reading books which is just blowing my mind because it's like I've always said I don't have time to read books well when I get off the internet and I get off social media and I am not watching the news well imagine that I actually have time to read books and I'm not saying we keep our head in the sand and we don't know what's going on I'm just very being very intentional Mm -hmm. right now because I'm seeing the difference that it's making in my life. And I want more mm-hmm. of it because I'm seeing that I'm hearing more and I'm able to um, be less stressed because I'm not, I'm being kind to myself by not letting those things sure. in. Well, Kim, Deanna, Carissa, thank you so much for sharing your hearts. I think it's just so interesting that we're all kind of on this journey of really getting to a place where we can be still where we can hear from God, because we know that that's really the only way that we're going to have peace in the chaos of this life. So thank you all so much for being on the podcast with me this week. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.